0: Perfect. Well, I'm here with Dr. Trish Lee, and I'm trying not to fanboy too hard because I've been watching her <laughs> stuff online for the last couple of years, and you've really found a way to communicate like the more clinical, neuroscientific aspects of rewiring someone's brain, especially in the context of porn addiction, in a way that's just palpable, uh, really easy to digest, and obviously making a huge difference. So I I just feel beyond honored to have you here, uh, Trish. Thank you so much yeah, for thanks.
1: I'm super. Yeah, I'm super psyched to be here, and. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm blessed with the ability to do that. But at the same time, uh, I've been a college professor for over 25 years now. And, uh, you know, back then it was there was rate right, my professor and there's something different, like, you know, and on my rate, my professor, it was always like, she's able to take difficult concepts and make them easy to understand and easy to apply. Wow. So I really feel like this is the most important way that I can use that skill that I've developed, like instead of in a classroom of, you know, 30 master's students, now it's the world and helping people help themselves. So I'm so psyched to be here.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have a gift. And that's why I'm really excited to dig into all the neuroscience and everything behind porn addiction and rewiring your brain. But why don't we set the stage a little bit? Because somebody with your academic profile certainly could have gone in a bunch of different directions, uh, as far as you know an area to focus, or you could have stayed broad and and generalized. But you mentioned that you've been personally impacted by porn addiction. And uh, to the level that you're comfortable sharing, I'd love to hear a bit about that and how it inspired you to do the work you're doing now.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, I've always kind of, I've been on my own journey of personal development that has kind of run parallel to my professional development. So the point about that is that I've tried to gamify my life a little bit in terms of like, I try to go where I'm being led instead of like resisting and doubling down on my own agenda. And of course, when difficult things show up in your life, it's very challenging to go, okay, and I literally did this. I sat in these blue chairs in my office and I'm like, porn? Seriously, I have to go into the world and talk about porn. <sighs> but someone I care about a lot was really addicted, but addicted to pornography. And, and it was someone that I knew in my office also, where I provide neurofeedback, brain training. So hmm. like, it all kind of came together. And I'm like, porn? I didn't know anything about the damaging effects of porn at that point. I didn't, honestly, I didn't really care about porn either way. And then this kind of lands in my lap. So, being me, I dug in deep and I learned everything to try to help this person, which took me a long time to figure out. But once I figured it out, the person got better very, very quickly. And, you know, long story short, is that person because I wasn't prepared to help at that time. I didn't know. Like I knew about the brain, but I didn't know about imp- the implications with porn. Hmm. I I what any good, you know, healthcare professional would do is refer out to the experts. So I referred and I still was thinking about this person but I'm like, you know, go see a CSAT, a certified sex addiction therapist, found one, sent sent him, spent tons of money. It was absolutely fake. Therapy, like he never even entered into the recovery process with this person spending tens of thousands of dollars, you know, then sent in different directions. And he comes back to me and his wife, and they're completely distraught and their relationships falling apart, their kids are a mess in that interim i had figured out a lot so i'm like all right let's do this i'll help you with the porn piece too and i doubled huh. down and like literally you know if i hate to use the cliche 90 days but within just a few months he was in a completely different place and well on the way to hardwiring in the new brain pattern that can sustain wow. that
0: yeah so and it was
1: it tortured me in that time like i was anguished by the impact that porn has on people watching someone that I care about like lie and manipulate and self-sabotage himself in terms of his work and just completely miserable, angry, irritable,
0: yeah. wanting
1: to recover, not knowing how to, like then not wanting to recover. You know how it goes. So yeah. uh it was really difficult for me personally and So, you know, when those things come at me, I'm like, I have to heal myself and help other people heal themselves. And that's how we all win.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. How does your personal development, how did that tie into your professional development? And you built a huge uh, following online. And I imagine that would have something to do with it because not every, every academic is putting themselves out there necessarily. Uh, What led you to do that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, back when I was young, I'm the black sheep of my family, which I have, they know, so which I, (laughs) it was not so proud originally, but that it became where I'm glad that I'm the black sheep. So when I was young, you know, I had to figure out a way to break away from my family, but still stay connected, which is very difficult for a lot of people. The reason I bring it up is most of us are on that journey. Like, you know, yeah. we have we have trauma from the past. We have intergenerational junk that needs to be cleaned up. And from an early age, I wanted to look at that stuff and address it. But my family pattern is one of no conflict. So no one can handle that. Hmm. So that is part of my self-development journey. So, you know, I'm in school and I'm learning all of the academic stuff, but on the side for fun, I'm trying to figure out how to address these family patterns, how to deprogram myself and reprogram myself in a new way. Um, You know, so through that journey, that's what self-actualization is, Maslow's hierarchy and self-actualization is in the very lowest. It's a pyramid that Maslow came up with. The very bottom is just our basic needs, which actually sexuality is down there. It's basically food, shelter, and sex. Up at the top is figuring out what your purpose is and having the confidence and the courage to be able to go into the world and share that, whether or not your family or your friends or anybody else likes it. So I still have to. It's a choice I make every day. It's not like one day this switch flipped and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go into the world and be myself. Every day I have to be like okay, I'm showing back up as the best version of myself. And so when porn came into my life, I'm like, I cannot be quiet about this thing because, you know, like, like I said to you off camera, if you say the word porn to anybody, which I do a lot these days, (laughs) everybody gets nervous. Oh yeah. Most of them are impacted by porn, whether it be themselves or a partner and they know it and that's why they get really nervous. So you know, I started to say that, like, to people, I'm like, "Do you know how bad porn is?" And and no, you, I could see people didn't want to see me coming anymore.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
1: I made a video. I'm like, I don't need to talk to the people in my world. I'm going to talk to the people in the world. Mm. And I, it, my intent wasn't even like, I don't know. My intent wasn't even to like create a following or anything. It was just to like let one person know. If one person watched it, it was to let one person know that if you're watching porn and if it, you know you can't control it and you have a compulsion to go back to it, like, it's not your fault. It's your mm-hmm. brain's fault. Your brain was right. hijacked when you were young and there's a way out of that. It's, it's an addiction. It's not like, if you feel this friction inside yourself because of this habit, like you can change it. Yeah, You just need to know how to, and you know, that was the intent with the, with the first video that took off where I just wanted any one person to know they don't have to stay in this loop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And you're, you're being modest saying it took off. It, it did more than that. I mean, it went viral and, um, and the rest is history. You've impacted so many lives. I'm So, <laughs> so grateful that you did that. Um, I want to transition into some of the more neuroscience of this because, um, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And like I said, you have a real gift for explaining this stuff just at a broad level. Uh, you mentioned you maybe getting some flack from people who know you personally. You drop the p word, and you're going to get some walls up. I'm curious if you run into any of that academically, because um, admittedly, there's still you know, porn addiction is not in the DSM five. Uh, there's still researchers who would argue that oh, maybe it's more someone's moral conviction that makes this such a problem, not the pornography itself. Tons of arguments from different angles. Uh, I don't know if you've got any flack there, but I'm just curious, what is it that gives you um, a yeah i bet so what is it that gives you the confidence to say this is an addiction even if it's not in the dsm-5 and if academics are still arguing over it
1: Mm -hmm. and and i hope everybody listening can take this one away in whatever um aspect of their life it's the truth (laughs) yeah it's just the truth so like and i can expand on that in a second but like when you have truth on your side And this, these are the things I have to get quiet with myself when I'm feeling the tension, you know, I have to go back to my blue chair and go, but it's just the truth. It doesn't matter if the words I said came out wrong. Like in one video, I called cortisol a neurotransmitter instead of a hormone. Cause I, you know, like it was just an accident. Like I, and then of course I'm like, Oh no, I'm the worst person ever. I just called cortisol a neurotransmitter. And then I'm like, (laughs) I just have the truth on my side. And so yeah. for any person now, I've worked with literally hundreds of thousands of people. I've worked with thousands of people personally. I've talked mm. to thousands of people personally. That's true. So like even before that, I have one person in my life who what literally was a ship going down because of porn. Yeah, And it was one of the most difficult things for me to do. That's real. That's true. And when you see a person and if you are that person, that's why I try to talk to one person. If you're that person and you know you can't control it, you know you love it, but you hate it simultaneously, like that's the truth.
0: Yeah. The the
1: truth is it. And we have science on our side also, even though I would love there to be more science. And you know, yeah, Gary Wilson, God rest his soul, who came before me in this crusade, you know, he put together a website with just a massive amount of science. And he has a book. Actually, just got done writing my own book, which is very exciting. I'm in the midst of yeah, it's really, really exciting. Um, so you know, we have science on our side too, and not only science from pornography. Science from the addictive processes that happen in the brain because of dopamine. So, Mm -hmm. and this is what I've said to academics in the past, like, work with me here, just make the leaps between scientific studies like you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a neuroscientist to be able to look at 10 studies and make the connections between them
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like
1: it just it's not that hard so even though we might not have you know amassed a huge stack of scientific studies specifically about pornography what we have is you know 50 75 years of studies on addiction and mm-hmm. then now we're beginning to have studies on behavioral addictions And there's enough of them to say behavioral addictions are real. Yeah. And there's enough to say that there's processes in the brain, especially when it comes to pornography that are hijacked early on in development. That's the most dangerous thing about porn Yeah. because most kids aren't exposed to alcohol or drugs at the age of, you know, now, now the average age is eight, you know, so eight, nine. So at nine years old, the brain's mechanisms are impacted and changed for the duration of the consumption of porn use. Hmm. But thankfully we have neuroplasticity on our side that we can switch those things back. And before I forget, if I can just share one more thing is that in the ICD, the international classification of diseases we're on the 11th edition, hypersexuality has been included. So it's called a behavioral it's I'm trying to think, I, I, it escaped me. It'll come back to me. But basically, it's it's hypersexual behavior disorder. Okay. Uh, compulsive hypersexual behavior disorder. I'm, I'm, okay. My the words aren't totally in the right order, but the point is that compulsive hypersexuality has been recognized as a behavioral mental health issue by the International Classification of Diseases. And honestly, I'm not even a huge lover of the DSM, to be honest, because the DSM, they change their mind depending upon what is uh, reimbursable, basically. So like I actually the International Classification of Diseases is the World Health Organization. I put more merit into what they have to say as an organization. And they're saying hypersexuality is compulsive hypersexuality is a behavioral problem. And then guess what? The number one way that that shows up pornography consumption. So all you got to do is take one leap. You don't even have to make 25 (laughs) leaps to know that there's a huge global organization that says compulsive hypersexuality is a problem for many.
0: Yeah, yeah. I And I totally agree with the DSM-5 thing. Even the psychiatrists I follow, they say the, the last version was basically the same as the DSM-4. It wasn't doing any favors. And I don't think they're working on a new version. That's what I heard, at least. No, and they've um, undone
1: a couple things that were helpful to the a, world, bunch. I think. So, yeah. like, you know, that's when yeah. people pull out the whole DSM thing. Again, like, I just have truth on my side. I, I won't yeah. even get into... I won't even get into that because that's semantics. Like, that's why I'll say to people, like, why, why will we spend our time? I say this phrase a lot with my children. I have six children. I don't know if you know that.
0: Oh, no, I didn't. Wow. uh
1: So, (laughs) uh, or even with my husband, I'll say, let's not focus on the non-real things that are important to this issue. Because, you know, if you have teenagers, your teenagers will try to derail the real conversation and they'll try to take you off on the fake one so yeah. that you're not talking about the real issue anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say that to academics like let's not get lost over here in minutiae or semantics. Let's stay the course on the fact that pornography consumption is running rampant. Porn in your pocket. All you got to do, it's the AAA, it's affordable, accessible and anonymous. Right. Teenagers are watching it in the cafeteria. Yeah. So it's, like, you know, truth got you no, on our side
0: it's crazy and i i really this is what i love about your approach too like there's a difference between being research based and research bound and i think a lot of our world is research bound where it's like show me the study it has to be there and i i just totally agree with what you're saying um okay so you talked about development and how that is a huge distinguishing factor of porn addiction from virtually any other addiction totally agree having been exposed myself when i was 11 and really being addicted for about 15 years before i got my own life under control Can you tell us just through a neuroscientific lens why that part is so significant?
1: Absolutely. So, and breaking it down easily, when trying to think where to start, I'm going to start just really quickly with with healthy development. Let's start there. And then we'll talk about what happens when healthy development is distorted. So in healthy development, this is an easy way to think about it. I like talking about it in this way. When babies are born, they sleep all the time because their brain is using extra slow speed delta. Like I focus on EEG, electroencephalogram. I focus on the brain's electrical energy and how that creates the cascade of neurotransmitters and everything else. But babies sleep all the time because their brains are making mostly delta sleep mode. Then as, as a baby gets a little bit older, then they're using mostly theta slow speed. So that's why little kids have to take a lot of naps and they're really creative, theta. So then as, and as you hit adolescence and you're moving towards like those developmental stages in childhood, your brain should speed up enough that you're using calm focus most of the time. Hmm. Then into adulthood, you're using calm focus and you only have to use that anxiety mode when things are actually very anxious instead of the micro fighter flights we've put ourselves into what happens when a child or an adolescence finds pornography at that very crucial stage of development, when theta is decreasing and lo- alpha and low beta in the middle are increasing for calm focus, the brain basically gets stuck in this slower mode. Hmm. It's using too much theta. And and we know this from research the, that development is stunted is what a lot of research will sh- will say. Okay. So now your brain's using more slow speed And especially in the frontal lobe, which that is the characteristic for ADHD, and that's why I call it porn-induced ADHD, because if your brain's been stunted at this adolescent development stage and it never got to flourish into its full capacity of calm focus, then now you're stuck needing to be stimulated because your brain is running too slow. But what happens is simultaneously, if your brain is running too slow, and this is true for ADHD also, and it's backed by a ton of science, if anybody wants to know that, when your brain is running too slow, it will use a compensatory strategy to offset the slowness. It will kick it into high gear and use high beta, that anxiety mode. Hmm. That's why I call that brain pattern when it comes to pornography addiction, the pendulum effect. That your brain is using energy too fast, which makes you feel anxious, too slow, which makes you feel overwhelmed or unmotivated. And you're basically swinging back and forth between these two, or you can use them simultaneously. So you constantly feel anxious, but unmotivated, and you feel like you need to be calmed down from anxiety, and you feel like you need to be stimulated. And guess what's the perfect thing to do that? pornography. <laughs> right. And you found that, you found that out the first time you consume pornography because your brain was developing and it wanted that. And you found it and it gave your brain exactly what you wanted on steroids.
0: Right.
1: So then if you keep going back then so the way that I talk about it is that first time you found it and you, it gave you that calming stimulation, the seeds of addiction are planted. We know that after two exposures the mechanisms change. And basically you need higher levels of dopamine to feel the rush that you felt that first time on the second time, the brain's already created neo homeostasis. It's changed those baseline levels so that you need more stimulation. And so what it's doing is it's locking you into that theta high beta electrical energy pattern. It's reinforcing it every single time you go and use pornography That's how the brain gets stunted and stays in that neurodevelopmental pattern that it didn't, it, it hasn't flourished into its full capacity.
0: Right. That's why
1: people's full potential is neurologically being self-sabotaged.
0: Huh? Crazy. Okay. That's
1: why I'm like, let's go people. Let's come (laughs) out of the screen. Yeah, And do what you need to do to heal your brain, which neurofeedback is one of the most powerful, non-invasive things. So, like, that's why I I make the videos. Like, I know it's really hard to stay out of the screen. That's the first step. So you probably need somebody to help you do that. And then you grow your brain up and your brain comes into calm focus, alpha and low beta. And, you know, now I've talked to thousands of people. You can feel a way, and you probably know this. if you've struggled with it you know you feel a way you've never felt before it's not like you're going back to feeling good you no. will feel better than you ever felt before in your life
0: absolutely that well especially the homeostasis is a big deal because i think um like you're creating a new reality when you do get free of porn as an adult you're creating a new reality that you never knew because the last time you were free of porn you were still developing so mm-hmm. um so that is that's really really profound um, wh- what does this actually look like? So, because I because I think we can understand like, okay, the brain hasn't developed. If you get rid of porn and your brain rewires, you're going to unlock your potential. What are some indicators? Maybe, maybe there's somebody listening who's like, oh, but I'm not that addicted. I could stop when I want or some of those classic things that sort of keep it at bay. What are some indicators of like, no, actually your brain is clearly stunted in its sexual development?
1: Yeah. So um, there's a lot of them. There's a a uh, quiz that I actually made two videos on my YouTube channel about a, are you addicted to porn quiz? And it's funny cause people, it's not funny, but it's ironic, you know, cause people will always put, when I put the, I made an infographic, There's an infographic out there, probably on my Pinterest. Um, okay. But people always write back, Oh yeah. You know, I have all six of them. And cause those are pretty easy. It's like, do you spend time, energy and money on, pornography or your sexual habit does it pop into your mind a lot uh i can't remember the other ones i I, i'll come up with them but the whole point is like those are obvious so what i tell people is just try not to watch it for for a month you don't even need like you don't need a quiz (laughs) you don't need anybody to tell you anything try not to watch it and see what happens to you and the weirder it gets the more you know you have a problem. Like one gentleman, just not to get too graphic, but one gentleman broke his right hand. He desperately used his left hand. He emails me. He's like, and this isn't the first guy who's done it. He's like, I broke my right hand. I never thought I would stoop so low to have to use my left hand. But here I am. I have a problem. Wow. (laughs) And then what a lot of people will do is if they promise themselves they're not going to watch porn, they'll watch a lot of porn adjacent. Material sexual media, so yeah, so you know, the social media stuff ramps up. They're, you know, making every excuse in the book, they're on Victoria's Secret or whatever websites looking for lingerie for their wife, which is not true. It's just trying to get dopamine hits for the brain. And yeah. if you can look at yourself, self awareness is the, what came to my mind is that the journey of recovery. There's four pillars of emotional intelligence, which I've made videos on this also. The first pillar is self-awareness. Self-awareness is really low when it comes to people who are addicted to pornography because of that stunted development. So you're asking an unaware person to become aware of their own behaviors. That becomes very difficult. That's why why I think looking for the weirdest thing can be the eye-opener because a lot of the non-weird things have already been justified and rationalized.
0: True. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I'm so glad you said that. That's actually our first pillar of our recovery system is self-awareness for the exact mm-hmm. same reasons. So um, I want to touch on dopamine a little bit because um, it's obviously it's becoming a bit mainstream and I love hearing someone like you talk about. Uh, dopamine because I think anytime it becomes mainstream, we always end up diluting the definitions and you get a lot of misconceptions, but I wanted to talk about a particular aspect because my understanding mm-hmm. is that the, the dopamine is at its highest in anticipation. It's not even the hit, it's the mm-hmm. anticipation of it. Then you get the hit and then you tend to go below baseline and that's what keeps you wanting more. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd welcome any correction, but I'd love for you to even just comment on it. How does dopamine play into this whole uh, addictive cycle?
1: Sure. And so, you know, in typical me fashion, I've created uh, a cycle of porn addiction or hypersexuality with that has three D's because I try to have people remember. So I call it a dopamine drip. So the minute somebody has the notion that they're going to watch porn, they will get a drip of dopamine in their brain. Hmm. and The drip is like, oh, yeah, you know, that's going to feel good. Once the drip starts, science shows us that you have three seconds and if not, your brain will chase down what I call the deluge, the flood. So like once the drip is dripping, it's really hard to turn the drip off. You have to follow it through to completion if you are caught in a cycle of addiction or compulsive behavior. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't even love the word addiction because people are like addiction doesn't you know, I'm not addicted, but compulsion is a better word because like, if you are, if you feel the pull, that's a compulsion. So like once that dopamine starts dripping at the thought, or if you're checking somebody out in the world and you get a, a little hit of dopamine, that's a drip. So I want people to start increasing their self-awareness by going, oh yeah, I felt that little drip of dopamine. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they feel like they need to chase down the deluge. Cause once you start dripping, it's really hard and part of my program, I call it a pivot plan. Figure out what you're going to do. You got three seconds. You can't decide in that moment what you're going to do. You have to know what you're going to do instead.
0: Yeah. Then okay. the
1: deluge is the flood, and that's when it feels good. But the drip is really the anticipations where it feels really good. The flood starts flooding the system out. And in a second, I'll share with you, I see what people's brains using EEG, I can see what it does to people's brains. And I'll share that with you. It's terrifying. Once people know, (laughs) like if they care, it's terrifying, but that dopamine deluge numbs the brain out. And I added a fourth D actually, I call it drowning because Mm -hmm. like, basically people drown their brains in dopamine. So like if the longer, the more frequent, the more consistent, the longer the sessions, If people are edging, that's really very dangerous when it comes to this whole deluge and drowning and that it numbs the brain out. But you don't feel all numb for no reason. You feel numb because there is so much dopamine in your system. Hmm. But then what happens is on on the end of that, you have a dopamine deficit. That's when you drop below the baseline levels. Cortisol which is a hormone, spikes, (laughs) cortisol is the stress hormone. So not only now you're back in your life, you know, you're wrapped up your porn session, you're all numbed out, but then it's a day or two later, you're back in your life and you are miserable because there's there's no dopamine there. In a healthy brain, your brain gets taught that there's dopamine in your work. There's dopamine in your honey, in your partner. There's dopamine in your friends. Mm. There's dopamine in dinner there's dopamine in your hobbies but when you're sucked into this cycle you taught your brain the dopamine's in the screen because there's nowhere in the whole world you can get as much you can't get that that deluge or that drowning so now you're back in your life and there's none you're in a deficit state and now and you actually have more stress because cortisol has spiked to offset that deficit state okay. and there's only one thing that can take the edge off of that it's to get back into the drip the deluge, the drown, it's gonna bring you back to the deficit. And that's why tolerance is built over time and you need more and more dopamine. But but that's where the damage in the brain comes from. And this is what I was wanting to share on mm-hmm. EEG. I can see, well, I encourage people to get the Muse headband. I don't know if you've heard me say this. We can talk about this later. There's yeah. a headband that you can purchase. And if you buy it off my website, you get a 15% discount. So it ends up being 221 US dollars and they have an international store. I have people all over the world using the Muse. Okay, cool. So on the Muse, I can see the dopamine drowning and deluge. So when I work with people, I'll look at their Muse graphs. I have a provider portal. So if you give me permission, I can see all your Muse graphs. We come on a meeting. I'll look across them and I'll say, okay, okay. I can literally see the anxiety br- building in their brain over the course of days or weeks. I can wow. tell them what day and time they watched porn. <laughs> wow. And then, cause then their brain is just completely numbed out and flooded with dopamine. And then okay. the cycle, I can tell them what their cycle looks like when I have consistent graphs from the muse headband. When I work with people in home neurofeedback, which is the program that I offer people to work with me. When I work with people there, we do a brain map. And what I can see in the brain map is that what happens over time. So I told you about the pendulum effect, theta and high beta. What happens over time, if you keep going into the dopamine flood, is alpha goes really high. Alpha is the calm part of calm focus, it's couch mode. So your brain's swinging between these two, but at the same time, you're stuck in this like unmotivated, just couch mode that's why people over the course of time in an addiction they end up on the couch and they lose all touch of their purpose in life because not only are they using the fast and the slow basically that's taking the power away from their brain as well
0: wow it's really really insightful i'm wondering how this impacts neuroplasticity because i think i was hearing uh, dr huberman andrew huberman talk about this um about how even just somebody's belief that something could work, having that hope, because um, in some ways addiction is like like anticipation. It all sort of ties mm-hmm. into that hope concept, right? Mm-hmm. And the more you, or the less hope you have, the less neuroplastic you are, like the less of uh, BDNF and some of those other chemicals are there for you to actually mm-hmm. form new pathways. Is that, would that be true as well it's going on here? Um,
1: 100%. So okay. that's called the placebo effect. And I've had this discussion with academics and clients alike, is that, it's the placebo effect versus the nocebo effect. And actually the Mayo Clinic did a really nice article on the difference between the two. Or if you look up placebo versus nocebo, you'll find a cool article on it. And it's basically showing that when you think a treatment or a program or a person can help you, that hope changes the way that your brain and your body functions. Yeah. So that's the placebo effect. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. Where they and they've done um, one example is they've done sham knee surgeries where people didn't know if they got the real knee surgery or if they got a fake one where they just did surface incisions. And the study shows that the people who who thought they got the surgery, they got just as much better as the real knee surgery. Like that's the power (laughs) of the mind. That's the power of the mind. And actually, my new book is called Mind Over Porn. Because it's a really important aspect of you you have to commit and you have to know you can do it. And that's why in the videos, I'm like, you can do this. You have neuroplasticity on your side. And the nocebo effect is if you don't think a thing is going to work for you, then it's not. So when people say to me, I'm a skeptic. The first thing I say to them, I love a good skeptic because... This just does work. You know, I got truth on my side, but at the same time, like I won't work with people who one gentleman's like, uh, this is a long time ago, you know, convinced me. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You're in the wrong place. Cause I'm not here to convince anybody about anything. What I'm yeah. here is to help people who are ready for help. Like I will not spend one iota of energy convincing anybody. That's not my deal. My deal is to empower, inspire, and present the healing tools that actually work. Yes. you have to believe it and then when you do your mind is able to take all that to all those tools and and to use it
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i think it's why a lot of the papers at least in, in psychiatry show that therapeutic alliance is almost like the greatest determining factor of whether or not someone gets results right because if you trust that person even neurologically as you're explaining like there's a huge impact there
1: Definitely. And I tell people like, that's why, you know, when I'm telling people to go get help for porn, I'm like, work with me if it feels good. Don't, if it doesn't, go work with anybody yeah. who you have that connection with because it's absolutely one of the most important things. Therapeutic alliance, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've given people an understanding of what's going on in their brain when they're struggling. So uh, so lower development, uh, kind of the pendulum swing between beta and theta waves in the brain, eventually the alpha waves as well. So you start to feel that hopelessness and that lethargy. Um we talked about dopamine. So the th- the 4D is very, very helpful. So mm-hmm. I imagine uh, maybe people are like, okay, I understand why my brain is messed up, but mm-hmm. Dr. Trish helped me. What do I do to actually get my brain back on track again?
1: To- totally. And that's why I like really ultimately I'm here to help people not sell programs. So <laughs> that's why in the videos on YouTube, like if you haven't seen my YouTube channel, go to my yeah, YouTube channel. There's yeah, we'll literally over the 500 videos there. And, you know, I made them from my heart. I did not. I make them from my heart on a daily basis, like whatever shows up in my world because of people I'm working with, because of the person in my life that I know that struggle with porn with, you know, whatever shows up for me is what I make the video on. So unfortunately, when you email me, how do I start? Uh, It's not organized in that way, but there is there's a few playlists of 30 day challenges. There's a few playlists that walk you through and then you can search for any given thing that you're struggling with and, you know, you'll be able to find it. But in every one of the videos, I give a brain hack at the end of the video. I explain to you, you know, what's going on, the thing that is challenging, how it's impacting your brain and something you can go do right now to move yourself in in the right direction. So I tell people get a journal and literally write it down. Neuroscience shows if you write these things down and if you start to contemplate this stuff, and if you start to put action steps, like even though that's the messier, less direct route than getting into my 90 day program or working with a coach, at least you're starting and and small baby steps will start to add up. Then I tell people get the muse headband. I never have to meet you ever. If you get (laughs) it and you use it, It will help you. That increases neuroplasticity in your brain. It pulls the slow and the fast speed down. It's like a workout for your brain every day. So if you want to increase your neuroplasticity and make it so that you can actually go do the behavioral changes that you need to, get the headband. Save your shekels. And if you get it on my, because people say to me, "It's, it's an investment. I know, but like, unfortunately... You have to invest in yourself if you want to get well. And if you yeah. get it off of my website, I I say this with, um you know, glad to be able to help people not out of pride is that I'm one of the top world ambassadors, people who share about the muse, because so many people are buying it. And then like, literally I could tell you so many stories. One gentleman that I, I never met, he sent me access to his muse graphs because he told me the muse made it so that he could, Leave porn behind and he had OCD and he doesn't have it anymore. And I wrote him back, like, would you would you let me see your Muse graphs? Cause honestly, I didn't totally believe him.
0: <laughs>
1: so, because I'm like, you know, this guy had from what he had written me, he had big problems. I'm like, you know, big problems probably need somebody to help him. Yeah. He shares the graphs with me and his brain went from seriously dysregulated, not using the healthy pattern, to using the healthy pattern consistently.
0: Wow. Jeez, and so that?
1: obviously it enabled him to go make the changes in his life because you do have to make life changes, yeah. but using the headband allowed him to go into the world and make those changes and he was able to do it. And then he, he absolutely got the brain changes and he reported the life changes.
0: That's amazing. So the so it sounds like the headband can give you diagnostics or at least give you some information. Mm -hmm. But then it it also is gonna help in that rewiring process. It does. So
1: it will give you info and it will make the changes.
0: Okay, okay. What are the what are the concepts that are kind of underpinning those changes? Like what what is it that allows a brain to rewire and to change? Mm
1: -hmm. So, first of all, when your brain gets stuck in this pendulum effect. I call it neuro rigidity. So it's rigid. It's actually stuck there. Hmm. So there has to be something that unsticks it. We also know that trauma creates neuro rigidity, whether that be PTSD or CPTSD. So there's, there's trauma and then there's kind of complex trauma, which is family dysfunction or low grade, lower grade abuse over a small amount of time. So in the program that I offer, the 90 day program, we break it up into unwire, rewire and hardwire.
0: Mm. I
1: promise this answers your question is that when you start using the headband, you're decreasing neuro rigidity, you're increasing neuroplasticity. And we now Mm. know that brains are plastic across the lifetime. So if you're 78 and you're listening to this, this applies to you you
0: because a lot of
1: older people will say, I'm too old you know, someone someone emailed me at 55, is this worth it? I'm like, you're 55, not 105. You're like, you have <laughs> it, you know? So I just, I'm talking into my phone. You're 55, not 105. Keep going, <laughs> get to work. And so, uh, you know, when you start using the headband, you can see it too. So you might be able to see the challenges your brain is, is struggling with. And then you can see when you have better days, you can see when you have worse days, it enables you to make better choices. Okay. But then, you know, that's why in my self-development, Life back when I was 20, I started to learn about like my, you know, my trauma. Thank God is lower grade, but there's enough of it that, you know, my coaches and therapists over time had to reassure me what I'm talking about is actually traumatic. Actually, what I've learned about myself is that I now misgrade trauma because I was taught huh. to misgrade it.
0: Right.
1: And so, like, learning that was huge for me because I'm like, I misgrade things because I'm taught to trust people. You know what I mean? So like, so even that was an interesting little ditty for myself in my own. That's what I help people do is to help them explore some of the patterning that's happening in their current life that came from their childhood life and to learn how to make new choices. So for me, it's always about for me being able to step into a situation calmly, compassionately, Use my voice and my strength to hold my position on what I believe. And so, like, you know, I have to show up and exercise that. People can learn one thing like that that can really change their lives. Okay. And then rewiring is all about changing your behaviors, changing your routine, changing your schedule. If it's not scheduled, it's not real. Yeah. Like, you have to fill the holes where porn used to be with healthy mood regulation. Because we know from the science, porn's being used to regulate your mood, offset stress and boredom.
0: Yeah, right. right. So that's what
1: the whole rewire is. Figure out how to offset stress and boredom in new ways, in 50 new ways, not the old one way of porn. 50 new amazing ways that give you a full life. Yeah. And that's why I always talk about work that you love, hobbies that you love, and relationships that you love. Because that covers. Right. And just, just to share one second on the neurotransmitters when you do that you're getting healthy levels of dopamine you're getting serotonin so going back to the the misunderstanding of dopamine dopamine is the pleasure seeking neurochemical right. that's why it feels good in the drip part because yes, it's insatiable it's insatiable it's always going to seek for more pleasure serotonin's happiness so serotonin's like a sunset you sit there and watch a sunset for 15 minutes and it fills you with joy. It's totally different than a pleasure hit. Hmm. And it's longer sustaining. Serotonin's longer sustaining. And oxytocin is the neurochemical of coupling, of, of engagement with other people, hopefully. You don't want to couple yourself to a screen and to yourself because that's yeah. very distorted coupling. And that they call that the happiness trifecta in neurochemicals when you're hitting the sweet spot and you're getting all three of those. Okay, That's what we, the rewire part is.
0: Right. And we don't have time to get into it, but I'm guessing even what you just said about oxytocin, that would be some of the dangers of masturbation, right? Is the, the kind of self bonding, basically distorting that coupling or that bonding principle, right?
1: Definitely. Okay. And if you're bonded to yourself, it makes it very difficult to bond to other people. Unbond, yeah. and, and you're bonded to yourself with superglue.
0: Yeah. Right. Not yeah, like- with the
1: regular glue of a healthy relationship. So we know from, you know, anecdotally and scientifically men who are in a compulsive porn and masturbation habit find their partners less attractive. They're, they're less attracted to being with their partner. Yeah. And we haven't talked about erectile dysfunction or performance anxiety yet that is impacting young men. So we know that young men now have anxiety and they don't, even want to go out and try to find another partner to be with sexually because there's so much anxiety surrounding performance and erectile dysfunction, which is a real thing.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's
1: coming from their brain. That's right. Because what I didn't share with you yet is that the midbrain is where the reward center is. And when that dopamine flood comes in, it is desensitizing the reward center. That's why you need more and more, more intense porn, longer porn. You need more and more because those cells are actually becoming desensitized. So you need more of it more often. So then your wife wants to be with you. And there's no way your partner can compare to the levels of dopamine that you get with this increased intensity. And, you know, sometimes it's physical stimulation. Masturbation is more physically stimulating for most people. Especially when they've ramped it up, they've made it more physically stimulating.
0: Yeah, big time. Um, Okay, one more question about rewiring and then I'd love for you to talk about hardwiring as well. Mm -hmm. Um, we've, We've used a question, and I wonder if you would push back on this, but we've used a question which is, is porn serving or is it operating in this moment as a relaxant or a stimulant? Kind of like identifying like what is it, how is it serving? And then that sort of being intel for then, okay, well if it's serving as a relaxant in this moment, What's a better, healthier, superior way for you to get that same effect? Um, Again, I welcome any kind of pushback, but I guess I'm just curious, like, are there questions people can ask themselves when they're at this part where they're trying to find healthy alternatives? What would be a good way for them to go about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So it is acting as both because the pendulum effect requires both a stimulant and a relaxant. Mm. But for any given person at any given time, and this is how the electrical energy works also, one could be higher than the other. Right. So a question I ask people, and I'm going to ask you and your listeners right now, is that oh. like, for you, it, does it serve mostly as a relaxant or as a stimulant? Most people, it's a relaxant. Most people, and, and science supports this also, that it's being used as mood regulation, primarily for stress and anxiety. secondarily for boredom so like one out of every hundred people that i work with it's boredom and they need a lot more stimulation for 99 of those hundred people it's a de-stressor and they need ways to calm down yeah but what i tell people in recovery in the rewire process is to find things that stimulate you in the real world and find things that relax you in the real world. And you can find things that do both simultaneously. True. So right. when, and that is the solution right there. Like I know okay. it's difficult to do in practice because I work with so many people, but or even in my own life, you know, cause I'm reinventing. I'm, I'm, I've been presented the beautiful opportunity to reinvent myself yet again. And <laughs> so I'm reinventing myself and, you know, finding healthy ways to chill out at the end of the day making yourself go do the fun things that you want to and not just push through a 12-hour workday. Yeah. Like, you know, for the people who are stressed out, I talked to a gentleman the other day and he, he's like, honestly, you know, he's trying to tell me he works like eight hours. He's like, honestly, I'm in front of a screen 15 hours a day. He's like, right. I work like 10 of them, but I'm in front of it for 15. I'm like, that's the problem right there, my friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are some examples of uh, activities that would be both, you know, a stimulant and a relax or stimulating and relaxing?
1: Sure, I'll give you a couple examples, but first, I'd like to tell your listeners what they can do. Free flow, write down before I give you any ideas, because my ideas might not work for you. Get your journal out. This is what I tell people get a pleather journal off Amazon. You can get one for like $9. So you don't have to break the bank. Get a pleather journal and literally start working on some of this in this journal. And write down when you were a kiddo, your inner child, because this is a big part of the journey what did you like to do mm. and write it down, sit there for 20 minutes and just keep writing. Don't stop writing doodle. When you don't have an idea, just stay in it and figure it out. Think about little you. And I've done this. Like, you know, people read my journals they think I'm nuts. It's like little Trish, what is she actually like? <laughs> and a cool thing. Like, it's pretty wild. Cause I pride myself on not watching TV. I don't know why I'm, I'm learning this about myself. Like, Okay. <laughs> So a step I made this, is a, and I'm going to give you a list of things in a second, but a step I made is like, at the end of the day, I push way too hard. So I'm trying to watch TV. So a couple, maybe a year ago now, I made my own avatar on Netflix. You would seriously th- think I won the lottery. <laughs> and, and my, and my family's like, what's up? Who stole the, you know, why is I named it Sweet Mama. I'm like, they're like, who's that last avatar? Sweet Mama. (laughs) Uh That's a long story behind that one, but but anyways, so now I've been trying to watch shows to find things that I find relaxing and stimulating. I've been Mm. watching The Crown. I've talked about it lately. Oh nice. And (laughs) and something that I've learned is that I like history, which I forgot that about myself because I spent all my time thinking about science.
0: Right. I'm like,
1: oh my gosh, when I was a kid, I really loved historical stuff so i've actually been digging into some more historical stuff which has been really fun for me revisiting some little trish stuff and you know i i I watch like 30 minutes of tv a couple nights a week it's not like i'm binge watching tv but it's become a cool way for me to relax and so i've discovered that about myself but like you know the list is long Think about what your favorite hobbies are. Another thing, I used to play the flute, not that I want to play the flute again, but I'm like, I, and I love Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran has a new guitar line with Loudon, which is uh, Irish, which I'm Irish, um, Irish guitar manufacturer. So I'm going to buy a Loudon guitar because I'm like, you know, this way I'll, I'm going to get back to the roots of playing an instrument. How cool is that? Right.
0: That's amazing. I love that. That's what came to mind for me right away when you asked that question, by the way, music, huge part of my upbringing.
1: Yeah. So you can you can use play instruments. Exercise is huge for me. So I like to box. I talk about that a lot. And I oh. started doing that a few years ago. I have a boxing dummy. Um, I I've always worked out. There's many different ways that I work out that I enjoy. You know, I have bikes. I have stand up paddle boards, like anything that falls into that. But think about it. stand up paddleboarding is relaxing. And stimulating. Like, you know, I'll paddle out in the middle of the lake and then I'll chill and I'll swim with whoever came and we'll lay on the boards and then we'll race, calming and stimulating. And, you know, the gorgeous, I live in North Carolina, gorgeous North Carolina sun. You know, if you like to roller skate, roller skate. If you like to dance, go dancing. One gentleman that I worked with, he loved to sing in the choir and then COVID hit. And then when COVID was over, he didn't want to get back into the choir and he, goes to karaoke night in his town every single Wednesday or whatever. And he practices before he goes and he's getting good and he's getting a following. How cool. Right.
0: Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Super cool. So like your thing might not be my thing, sure, but like make that big list of things. And they, what I try to encourage people to do is to have it include all the aspects of their true self, have it involve your mind, your body and your spirit or the real you that's in there. And that's yeah. why, I like, you know, the that's why I thought the crown with history was really cool, because I'm using it to relax my body. I actually remember that this is something I liked from childhood, which is my real self. And I'm using Absolutely. my mind to think about it. You know, like my husband will come in. And he's like, there's so much going on in this. And I'm like, that's what <laughs> I like about it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, for some people, I, I've seen all the Avengers movies. And, you know, my one son knows all the everything connected between them all so i know a lot about that like that can be mentally stimulating too it doesn't have to be history it can be knowing all the through lines of every single avenger movie
0: that's amazing yeah really really helpful i want to respect your time but if you don't mind are you okay for time by the way
1: yeah yeah i I always schedule huge blocks so i don't have to
0: rush oh okay amazing so uh, i guess i I have a final question about hardwiring, which is kind of where all this culminates cast a little bit of vision, because I think this is really important for people that are listening where maybe they're just they're just at like stage one, they're, they're at ground zero and yeah. not everybody's like this, but I know even for me, I was super compelled by my vision of a life without porn and it got me through mm-hmm. some of those hard moments, the mm-hmm. withdrawal symptoms, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, certainly what's going on neurologically when the brain does hardwire into these mm-hmm. new patterns, but also what does that look like how does that translate into real life
1: Sure so i'm going to go back for one second if it's okay and talk about like i mentioned the concept of inner child and which is a concept therapeutically inner child is like figuring out who you really are mm. and i i liken it or i i give the opposite of the real self that's in there as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. If you know that novella, (laughs) those concepts, Dr. Jekyll puts on a mask and goes out into the world and keeps up with the Joneses. And it's like absolutely crazy. Cause the people I interact with when they have a hardcore Dr. Jekyll mask on, I'm like, just take the damn mask off. Like, I just want to get to know you as a person, but we're taught to go out and be shiny out in the world. And to present yeah. the very best but artificial version of ourselves, the more you do that, the more Mr. Hyde will show up. And Mr. Hyde is insatiable pleasure-seeking because mm-hmm. you're out there being fake so much that then you have to go into your man cave or your room or your car or wherever and to offload the exhaustion that comes along with that.
0: Yeah. And
1: when you hardwire in a new, better brain pattern, it has to go along with the real, true you. You you have to figure out who you are and you have to develop the courage to be able to stay there. Or when you don't investigate why you're not and get yourself back to being the real you. If you do that, what will happen is your brain will come out of these extremes of the pendulum effect and you'll always stay in integrity. You'll be in the medium zone because you're never faking it, which Mm -hmm. will never give you the shame and the guilt that pushes you into the screen into whatever else to offset those negative feelings right and i so there's two other things that are important three other things which i'll talk about quickly is that this goes back to electrical energy in our systems there's a book by dr david hawkins he's an md phd power versus force i've talked about it before where the energy that our brain the pattern that our brain uses then affects our electromagnetic field and you may have felt this someone walks into the room and you're like, Oh, I want to meet that person. They're just kind of like giving off positive juju. Hmm. Or there'll be another person and be like, I'm not going over there. Cause that dude is just vibing anxiety. Like you wouldn't believe that's yeah. because the electromagnetic field coming off of them is a resonance pattern based upon how the brain is performing. Hmm. So when you go into the screen and you feel shame, or if you're out there faking it and you, you know, drive a Maserati, but you have no money like that, it, that's not integrity. That's, it gives you guilt and shame. And then nobody's doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then
1: it creates the the need to go into Mr. Hyde. So like, and my husband and I have done this lots of times in our lives where if our spending got away, we've sold all of our stuff.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: because, because I'll desperately do anything when I recognize we're getting out of integrity. We'll get back into integrity because this isn't Mm. perfect. This is a process for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. You got to be vigilant with it.
1: You got to be vigilant in a good way. Like when you recognize like, oh, you know, that person impacted me and I, they made me feel like I can't keep up. So now I went and bought something I can't afford. It'd be like, no. And for me, it's the opposite. I just, I just made a podcast saying that I, I've been sick and I've had to spend all this money on being sick. I realized I don't ever spend any money on myself being well. Like that's a pattern for me. I'm taught not to spend money. So I'll spend it on my husband. I'll spend it on my kids. I won't spend a dime on myself. So I got myself a new car, upgraded the car. It actually didn't cost me that much. I just sent the message like I'm going to spend money on myself. Well, so I no longer have to spend money on myself sick. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, and it goes back to my childhood programming. So there's two other concepts. I use something called the Enneagram personality test. I have people do the Enneagram and I know there's different personality tests, but it's really powerful because it has, there's nine different types of personalities and I've never met someone who isn't hardcore or whatever they are. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, very, actually there's, there's science that shows that it is, it's spot on. And within each type, basically, what the nine personality types are is it's the mask you learn to put on when you were a kid. So right. there's an achiever mask you learn to achieve.
0: That's me. And I'm a, I'm a flaming three through. You and through. are your flaming three. It's so wild because yeah. I was
1: watching. I was watching on Netflix in my new uh, account. I pulled up the Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't know she has some documentary right now, and she's talking about how much she likes the praise. And I'm like, you're a three, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm a five. And so ah, fives, fives need knowledge to make them feel safe. So when someone in my world right. has a porn addiction, the only thing that I can do to make myself feel safe is to learn everything about porn addiction.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Got it. That makes sense.
1: So That is my mechanism to make myself feel safe in the world again. Huh, okay. So, but fives when they're unhealthy they keep all that information to themselves because they like to feel smarter than everybody so part of my journey long ago was sharing everything i know whether people want to know it or not yeah (laughs) like i'll collaborate with anybody i will not i will not hang on to anything i will collaborate with everybody so that i'll share any information it keeps me the healthiest version so within the personality types there's nine levels And if you're down here, you're in addiction. If you're up here, you're your true self. You don't need the mask.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And then so lastly, to answer your question about Mm hardwiring, I have people go through a process in nine different areas, which I don't know if I'll be able to remember all of them right now, nine areas where they set goals for their life. And it's what you said is is setting sights on the future, the future that you want and that you know you can create. So when you come up with the goals in these nine areas, and then you set objectives underneath the top three, because you can't work on everything at the same time, yeah. then you have a really clear idea of what you need to do. And so for me, it's like, it's desire and will. You have to, the will part is you have to be able to, oh, Jamie just gave me them. Uh, I'll tell you what the areas are. You have okay. to be able to go, okay, I want this but then go do the things like the doing the things are the hard part. Yeah. And the, the nine areas are emotional, spiritual, physical, familial, social, financial vocation, which is job and avocation. And mm-hmm. so like when you really get clear on what you want your awesome life to look like, yeah. then, and when you make steps for yourself, and then sometimes you need someone to hold you accountable. I always have a coach. Actually, I usually have, at least two coaches right now. I have more than two because I'm trying to become a really great version of myself. And then the coaches hold you accountable. They go, this is what you said you were going to do. Right. And then, then I come back and I, I showed my coach my new car because she's like, you need a new car. (laughs) I'm like, but my car is great. And she's like, no, (laughs) no, You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm like just like because It's case. not easy. And I went by myself to get my car. So when I when I showed her the new car, she's like, This car's perfect for you. Congratulations for doing that for yourself, you know. Yeah. Holding me accountable because if I didn't go back, I might have just not done that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. And I, I do appreciate you sharing some of your own story because I think sometimes they see Dr. Trish Lee, hundreds of thousands of followers. We just assume you got it all together. And we're all working, aren't aren't we? Like I, the one thing I always teach my clients too, is like freedom is not binary, like, you know, like freedom from porn. This -hmm. is an ongoing thing. And there's, there comes a time where porn is no longer in your life. You still work at your freedom, you know, like this is an ongoing journey, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's the gift, you know, the gift is it's, that's the gift of humanity as painful as it can be for me, like. I you know the human this is a five thing this is totally a five thing to say just so you know I think the human condition is a challenging one right like so but when I look at it as my the greatest gift that I get to figure out across my lifetime like hard stuff comes at me all the time I remember I made one video. Uh, two years ago, and I some I was I know what I was dealing with too. I was dealing with something really difficult in my own life, and I was having a hard time keeping it together when I was making the video. And I'm like, just so you know, like I was in the mountains at, at the mountain house that I have, and I'm like, I'm in the mountains, I'm working on this difficult thing, and someone wrote, "Oh, we forget you have problems too," <laughs> yeah. and and you know, when it gets difficult, being able to be an example of someone who doubles down and actually does the things that. I am preaching. So like right now I'm struggling with toxic mold poisoning. I have toxic mold in my house. I had to move out of my house. Like I didn't will that on myself, but I do believe that every experience that comes at me is a way for me to experience myself in a new way to become a better version of myself. Hmm. So I've learned all these ways to heal my physical body, which I don't focus. I work out on that all the time, but I fives aren't physical. They're mental. Eights are physical. Uh, My husband's an eight. My husband, we had to get rid of everything in our house. We have to start over. It's the great purge of 2022. Oh, wow. All our, all your belongings are toxic. Cause mold gets
0: everywhere. Yeah. Spores and everything. Right.
1: Yeah, and mycotoxins. So my husband, he's right. He's at our house right now, throwing out the last of our stuff. We had to throw out all of our belongings. Isn't that crazy?
0: Jeez, <laughs> that's. Wild. And that's
1: not. It's not that difficult for me because I'm a five. He keeps calling me. I'm like, dude, if you call me again over one painting, I'm gonna lose it
0: on you. <laughs> I'm like, throw
1: it out. We have a sleep number bed. It's like a seven thousand dollar bed. I'm like. Throw it out and stop. There's no way I'm sleeping on a toxic mattress. Throw it out right. and I'll <laughs> see you later, you know. So, but like, you know, in this journey, I am focusing more on my physical healing, which I think's a gift. And the way I see it is it's probably gonna serve me over my when as as I age, caring more about physical healing is a gift that I've been given right now. Like, would I ever choose to have toxic mold poisoning? No, but like, am I able to squeeze all the lemonade out of the lemons? Definitely. Yeah. And that's what that's the example that I want to be for people. Like when you leave porn behind, it's not going to be all roses and sunshine. There's going to be stressors, but you're going to have a plan and you're going to use all those stressors to keep squeezing yeah. the lemonade out. And yeah. my my youngest daughter said to me, she calls me Patty. She's like, Patty, the universe has been trying to kill you for like 15 years. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, it has, sweetheart, but it's been applying pressure. And I'm like, Cole, it's been applying all the pressure and I'm becoming a beautiful diamond. <laughs> and wow. Of course, she like rolls her eyes at me. But <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not going to cave under the pressure. What yeah. I'm going to do is keep using all the opportunities to keep moving forward. And we all can do that every single one. And it goes back to what you said. That's the placebo versus nocebo. That's right. I'm like, and that's why we, my husband and I joke. A friend of ours used the saying, you have the opportunity. as a Southern accent. You have the opportunity. So now we're always like, I have the opportunity to figure out how to heal from mold poisoning. And honestly, I plan on helping people with toxic mold poisoning. In say, the it future. sounds like a
0: third YouTube channel in the making.
1: Totally. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I told my team, I'm like, it's super weird niches, mold and porn, but, <laughs> yeah. but this mold poisoning thing, is exactly like porn addiction and porn addiction recovery. My house has been toxic with mold and growing levels for 10 years.
0: Right. And
1: I, not that I want the world to know I had my gallbladder out when I was young.
0: Okay.
1: And that makes it so that you get impacted by mold poisoning more than other people because the bio like recycles or something. So My family didn't get sick. I've been really sick and growing in sickness for a long time. And now when I look back in hindsight, I can connect all the dots. That's how it is for so many people with porn. They're like, porn's harmless. Then, oh, porn might not be good for me. Then they realize it's ramping up. And then you get to a certain point. And I got to the point, my husband did not believe me. He did not think the house had any problems. I go, dude, this house is killing me. And I slept outside on the back porch for a week and then i got myself the townhouse and he's he's like i he's like i'm not coming to the townhouse I'm like you don't have to dude <laughs> i'm not staying in this house for one more second and i yeah. went and i bought all new furniture for the kids and i'm like kids are coming with me you can stay in and, and two days later he moved into the townhouse
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go well done well done but that, you that's- know that's
1: that's the courage and conviction to to yes. s- to follow my intuition and i ignored yes. it for too long yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I ignored it because I didn't want to make waves. I don't want to be yeah. the wave maker. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I should have followed it earlier, but live and learn and continue to move forward. And next time it won't take me as long.
0: Yeah. So, okay. I wonder um, maybe as a final point, Trish, if you can just comment on um, each stage, if somebody, let's say somebody is, they're like super new to recovery. They haven't even taken that first step. What's something really practical they could take away? Uh, You mentioned like you offer brain hacks at the end of your videos. Love that concept. Mm -hmm. Is there like a classic brain hack for each of these categories? Somebody who has started, the rewiring part, and then someone Mm -hmm. who's hardwiring. Are there little Mm -hmm. practical nuggets that you could offer Mm -hmm.
1: them? Yep. So practical nugget for the unwire is come up with a pivot plan. Just know exactly what you're going to go do in that three seconds you feel the drip. Make sure it's as dopamine producing as possible. In the end, you don't want it to be, but right now you're tricking huh. your brain, your brain starts producing dopamine and you want to trick your brain into thinking that the dopamine's coming from the idea of going to have a coffee break with your, with your girlfriend or, you know, I always tell people you have to change your physical and mental space too. So like, just get yes. out of your, wherever you are and go play basketball. Like if you like basketball, Huge. leave a basketball yeah. right here. I like to play basketball too. So oh, basketball, cool. is a thing, basketball is a thing that I'll do. Like if I need a break, I just go down and I'll shoot a couple hoops with my dog who I beat because he has no opposable <laughs> thumbs. Very good defense though. But like, I'll go do that for five minute break and then go back to work. Yeah, F- Changing my physical and mental space real easy. That's the pivot plan. That's for the unwire. Rewire is get yourself a new planner and schedule your life. Flexibly yep. schedule it. Schedule in the good stuff. Schedule in the hobbies. Schedule in the meals. This is a huge one for me. I never schedule meal time. And a long time ago, I made a rule. Rules are guideposts for you. I made a rule, I will sit to eat. It's ridiculous. I made that rule 15 years ago. Sit to eat.
0: That that's a big one. That's actually huge.
1: So like now, even if I'm even if I'm rushing around, I will, you know, I will like rush, rush, rush. Sit to eat, rush, rush, rush.
0: <laughs> and so, like, yeah. it's a
1: guiding post for me sit to eat and, you know, schedule those times in because then schedule in your boxing time, schedule in your movie time, schedule right. in your, and, you know, do it across your week. Come up with what is your ideal week and day look like? And this goes into your goals. This goes into the hardwire. But if yeah. you're hardwiring, you've already set yourself up with the life that you love. Now, the most important thing for hardwire, and and this is in the 90-day program I offer, I call it a fault line. Mm. Know what your behavior is that tells you you're disintegrating out of the real you back into Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And if you can't see it yourself, have people around you who can call you out on it. And for me, it's always money and time. It's so wild. (laughs) And my son, Seamus... I didn't even realize it. Like I'm all sick with mold. I don't even know it. I'm super stressed out because of it. Cause I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I didn't even really feel my stress levels rising because I still was optimistic and, and my son shaved, and, but I was really worried about my schedule and I implemented a, a spending freeze in, a, in our house.
0: Okay. And
1: Seamus says to me, if I hear the word spending freeze one more time, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> and then I walk away and I go, spending freeze man i'm disintegrating that's when i made the decision that i gotta leave this house because i don't know what's going on but i know i'm not doing what i need to do to be true to myself and instead of doing the tough thing i need to do i'm implementing a spending freeze to make myself feel better
0: right right and that's why the self-awareness part is so big right because if you learn that later you don't have the wherewithal to recognize those fault lines
1: yep so, the thing is, you have to know what your fault line is and then catch yourself. The word spending freeze comes out. If I start worrying, if I start jacking my schedule up so I'm triply busy, right. those are my fault line behaviors. If I stop working out, if I stop sitting to eat, like all those are the fault line behaviors that show me I'm self sabotaging myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: moving backwards. I'm allowing myself to use this brain pattern too much stress, too much overwhelm. I'm out of calm focus which yeah. takes me out of the real me, the real Trish, and into Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde giving me the things to worry about making it so I have to offset that
0: stress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was super insightful. I hope people stuck around for this part because that was gold. Uh, we're going to put links to the 90-day program, the YouTube channel, and then we will need to have you back when you launch your book. I would love that yeah. so you can promote yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I would I would love to. I'm trying to find an agent. So if there's any agents out there, my plan, I just finished it, but I've been busy, um, is to find an agent, which I just started. The book's totally done. I'm going to find an agent. And if not, I'm going to publish it on Amazon as soon as I get the last little bits buttoned up. So I'm going to go do those things simultaneously. So I'd love to come back and talk about it.
0: That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time again today, Trish. Really appreciate it.
1: No problem. It was my pleasure. Really my pleasure to be here.